The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Health Kick. I'm Tim Boren. Uh, today we're hitting the sweet spot because we're talking about honey, and in particular, it's uh, many medicinal benefits. It's also lovely on toast in the morning, of course, as well. Now, ASX-listed honey exposures have been few and far between since the industry's queen bee, and that's Capilano Honey, was bought out and delisted about uh, two years back. Fortunately, now we've got uh, EVE Investments to fill the breach, and I've got with me the company's CEO, Bill Fry, to talk about all things honey. So uh, welcome, Bill. Uh, Good morning, Tim. Good to be here. Excellent. Uh, Now, EVE's business is based on 2,000 acres of Melaleuca tea trees near Ballina in northern New South Wales. Uh, The uh, bees are buzzing busily around uh, these tea trees, and producing premium organic honeys for local and export markets. And uh, tea trees are also known for their antibacterial and healing properties. And the oils are used for anything from uh, preventing dandruff to uh, air purification. So, Bill, firstly, I've got to ask you, do you actually like honey? Uh, Tim, I do. I have to admit I have a a sweet tooth and uh, particularly uh, fond of the tea tree honey that we produce. It's got a very unique flavour, a very unique characteristic associated with the the tea tree that comes through in the honey. Yes, yes, excellent. And how did Eve turn to honey? Um, Because it it was a listed investment company, wasn't it, in in the first place, as as the name suggests? That's correct. It, It was a listed investment company. Uh, we have uh, changed that status now, so it is a fully operational entity and we've removed the listed investment company status. So by doing that, it, it allows us to take 100% ownership of projects. And uh, what we were looking to do with Eve was to focus on the health and wellness uh, sector because uh, the interest that was coming for that particular sector uh, with people being more aware of the uh, the need for the general health and wellness, and the uh, the prominence that it was uh, that's being placed on that, and so we were looking for investments in that sector, and we came across um, an operation on the northern New South Wales coast uh, near Ballina that was a, a tea tree operation that uh, provides uh, organic tea tree oil, uh, mostly sold into the U.S. market, and uh, that. Uh, the appeal for us was the medicinal properties of tea tree and the fact that this there was a high demand for organic tea tree in the US. Uh, it was being sold in bulk form and we could see the opportunity for us to repackage that and rebrand it and create our own product um, and sell that as our, our own branded package product. Yeah, just on that market, that tea, uh, the, the the tea tree oil, the uh, they're incredible markups, weren't they? So, so you, you were selling it to... Uh, US buyers, and then they were putting it into smaller packs and, uh, in effect, making a fortune. That's correct. Yeah, the, the product was being sold at, in effect, $80 a litre uh, to uh, US uh, 
uh, buyers of the product who were then bottling it in 15 mil bottles and selling it uh, into Australia and, and other parts of the globe uh, at, fifth, at $35 for 15 mils. So it's a, quite a substantial markup that they were achieving. And uh, we can see the opportunity for us as a company to participate in achieving some of that uh, margin. Okay, so you've, uh, you're now selling the, uh, the branded product in 15 uh, milliliter bottles. We're talking about the Maluka, if, if I'm saying it right, the Maluka brand, aren't we? That's correct. Maluka is a it's a shortening of the name Melaluka. Yes. Um, we couldn't use the name Melaluka, so uh, we, we shortened the name, and that's how we've derived the name Maluka. And uh, we've gone through a branding exercise. We're using a, a company called Biggie Smalls here in Sydney that are very experienced in this area, uh, particularly in uh, wellness-type products and, and functional food-type products. And uh, they've, uh, they've developed their brand strategy. They've done a lot of the brand concept work. And we've just, we've just finalised the packaging for that product. And our, our first sales of our tea tree oil uh, in package form will go into China um, in the next few months. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to, to, to that a bit later. Um, with the property, can you describe it a bit more? Uh, like it, it, it's a, I take it, it's a mix of plantation and, and wild melaleuca and some of the trees are, are very, very old. That's correct. Um, the, the property is in excess of 2,100 acres. Of that, 346 acres is plantation uh, tea tree that we harvest annually and the harvest will start very shortly. The remaining 1,800 plus acres is old growth forest and uh, that old growth forest has some very unique properties, um, medicinal properties. Uh, the forest has been in existence for some 35,000 plus years, uh, growing successfully. Oh, that is a long time. We have uh, trees there that are over uh, 1,000 years old um, and that's all been verified by Southern Cross University and, and some of the work they've done on the property. So it's, it's a very unique property. Yeah, and you had you had a little bit of trouble with the bushfires, didn't you? You were kind of singed on the uh, perimeters. That's right. We've uh, we were very aware of uh, you know the impacts that fire could have on our operations. So uh, we we have a fire management plan that uh, has uh, we've instituted large fire breaks around the property, which helped avoid any damage to our plantation and to our infrastructure. Uh, we had a little bit of fire damage in the uh, the old growth forest area. However, we had done quite a lot of back burning prior to the fires occurring. So the damage was uh, relatively minimised. And what we're seeing is some very rapid regrowth. And um, with the, the very recent rain that we've had, um, it's uh, the growth will be, uh, will be very strong uh, with that rainfall. Yeah, so that rain came at the right time. Very much so. And, uh, you know, it, very much so from the plantation point of view, but uh, for the, the damage in the old growth forest, which was relatively minor, that um, that is uh, coming back very, very strongly with the rainfall. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, and tell us about the bees, because uh, their uh, hives are normally sort of moved from place to place, aren't they? But um, I, I take it in your case, they they remain in that uh, area on, on, on the property and so... That uh, that that gives the uh, the honey the uh, distinct qualities. That's or correct. Taste. That, that's correct. We have uh, the hives located throughout the old growth forest. Um, we do uh, move them intermittently around through the forest, uh, depending on what's flowering at any given time. And uh, you know, during the period of tea tree um, flowering, 
um, we, we concentrate in around uh, the specific stands of tea tree within that forest. We also have uh, uh, hives that are located outside of our property that are managed by other um, other parties for us, so contractors for us, and we do buy in from that Bunga Walburn area organic honey from uh, certified organic producers. So we have a mixture of sources of honey from our own supply to contracted supply, but, but it all comes from the Bunga Walburn area. Yeah, okay. How do you ensure the honey is organic? Uh, it's got to be certified by the Australian Organic Certification Body. And so they do regular audits um, on ourselves and uh, obviously on any contractors that we use that provide organic honey, they've got to be certified. So there's an, a regular yearly audit process that you go through. But uh, basically they have to be kept away from uh, uh, crops treated with uh, pesticides. That's right, yeah. We've got to manage the, the property um, and ensure that there is no uh, pesticides or herbicides used. We've, we can't use um, non-organic fertilisers. So... We've got to manage the property in accordance with the organic standards and our contractors also have to do that. Um, and there are restrictions about areas where um, where bees can be located next to. So you know, bees can obviously fly uh, a distance and so we've got to make sure and manage that the bees aren't uh, able to come in contact with uh, properties that could be using pesticides or herbicides. Do you manage the hives yourselves or do you use uh, contract uh, beekeepers? Uh, we do use contract beekeepers, but we also have our own staff that keep an eye on on the the health of the bees. Um, but we do have specialist uh, bee consultants that come in and, and manage that for us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. And and, and Bill, wh- where are your products sold? I mean, they're not. Uh, well, I presume they're not found in supermarkets uh, alongside, say, you know, Barnes honey or Capilano honey because uh, they're very much a premium product. And uh, not and generally not pitch for, uh, for for consumption. That's correct. In in Australia, our products are generally sold in health stores or organic stores, and you can see um, we've got uh, various distributors located down the east coast and in South Australia in the Northern Territory. We can't distribute into Western Australia because of the quarantine requirements, and uh, that uh, we you simply can't or send uh, non organic honey or non-pasteurised honey into Western Australia. Um, outside of Australia, uh, we, we sell um, increasingly a lot more honey into the US. Um, our, our prime distributor there is Amazon, and that's become very successful for us. Um, we're seeing rapid take-up um, with sales of honey through that system. Uh, in China, we have, our, have a partner there that is um, buying honey from us now in sea, contain, sea container loads, and um, that's a very well-established relationship. Uh, it's been uh, a strongly growing relationship with our Chinese partner and uh, they uh, intend to move a lot more product into their distribution network in China, you know, buying it from us and uh, distributing it throughout the, uh, the length and breadth of China. Yeah, okay, okay. And with the US, why have you found Amazon to be so uh, successful as a, as a channel? Uh, the, the main reason there is that we're able to communicate our brand story, the whole story around the old growth forest, the medicinal properties. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, which is very difficult to do purely on a label sitting on shelf. And so the importance for us with Amazon in the US is that uh, there is a, a strong desire for organic products in the US and organic honey isn't that easy to obtain in the US. So our product is, is relatively unique 
the issue with Amazon is you've got to be able to find the product. And so we're doing a lot of work with specialists um, with uh, advertising on Amazon to target um, or direct people to our product. And that's working very successfully. And we're starting to ramp up our marketing campaign now that we're, we're fully funded um, with our, the recent capital raise that we did. Yes, yes, which, uh, which, which we'll come to. Um, with, uh, with, with China, uh, you've, you've just started selling there? You, you've just uh, put out the That's first boat load? Mm. That's correct. We, we, start, we did a product launch in mid-December and that went very well. Um, it was a product launch of our initial raw honey and uh, tea tree oil. And as a result of that, we have uh, we had our first order immediately following that for a sea container load of the raw honey. Um, we expect to have further orders now coming for our tea tree honey and, and the tea tree oil. And uh, the tea tree oil, obviously, we, we're just finalising our packaging for that. As soon as that's finished, we expect our first order for that. Our tea tree honey uh, packaging has also been finalised and we're expecting our first order for that uh, very shortly. Um, and you're likely to be either this month or early next month. Yeah, okay, okay. Has the coronavirus uh, disrupted the supply chain in, in any way? Or? Uh, not our supply chain, but um, obviously shipping to China um, at the moment where we're at the destination for our honey, which is Shanghai, um, there may be uh, implications there. Um, it, we're not sure yet whether the, the staffing at the ports are allowed to operate or not. Uh, I know some of the ports, they've asked staff to return to their home uh, destination. So uh, we're not sure with Shanghai at this stage. We have a, a, a container load on a boat heading to, to Shanghai now. So um, I'm sure we'll be advised very soon on that. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, and do you think the honey side revenue-wise will uh, outstrip the, uh, the, the tea tree oil side? Look, there's certainly a strong demand for the honey. Um, it, it's a little unknown for us as to how um, the, the ratios will look in terms of honey sales versus tea tree oil sales. Um, we produce all our own tea tree oil, so we have a, a very good strong supply there. Um, with the honey, we produce our own honey, but we also have a lot of contracted supply. So um, we have the ability to sell a lot of honey. And the, the interest initially from our Chinese partner was the honey, but they've grown to understand the benefits or medicinal benefits of tea tree oil. So we do expect that to be a strong sales lead as well for China. In the US, um, the focus has really been the honey. And uh, so I expect the honey will be the main uh, seller for us uh, for the next two years at least. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how tea tree grows um, as we start to deliver packaged product into China and, uh, and the US. Yeah, okay, okay. In terms of supply, there's been a fair bit of coverage about uh, the uh, the bee crisis, uh, in other words, sort of the uh, the collapse of uh, uh, colonies. Um, how, how do you see that? I mean, do you think the uh, uh, do you think our um, uh, sort of sort of honey security is okay, or uh, uh, is it sort of an emerging uh, emerging issue? Oh, look, Australia, is, I guess, by virtue of its isolation, is protected from some of the diseases that are experienced in other parts of the globe. And so we have, uh, I guess, by isolation, we have a unique situation. We do suffer some disease here, um, but our bee colonies, you know, particularly up where we are, are very robust. Um, we've done a 
work on the bee colonies around our area. And what we see is uh, the, the bee health is, is quite strong and quite robust. And, and it's probably the diversity of of what they're feeding off. Uh, there's, you know, the, the tea tree in particular obviously has medicinal benefits, which uh, Southern Cross believe you know, may have uh, an implication for bee gut health. Uh, but there's also a, a wide diversity of species that um, that they feed off that uh, keep them very healthy. Um, so I think, you know, in terms of our bee population here in Australia, um, we've, we're fortunate by virtue of isolation. Uh, I know they have suffered some stock losses with the, the bushfires, and that's uh, very unfortunate. You know, there's a, a number of apiarists that have suffered hive losses, and obviously the drought has had an impact, although the recent rains <coughs> down the, the eastern seaboard will certainly help with uh, flowering and, uh, and producing of pollen and nectar and help the bees recover. Because what are the uh, what, what are the wholesale prices been doing? You know, the uh, in other words, the prices paid to the uh, the beekeepers. Yeah, they've certainly been escalating, and there is a has been a shortage um, in in recent times. Um, initially, by virtue of uh, of the drought in some areas, and uh, the impact of the bushfires obviously has had an impact as well. So, uh, we have seen prices escalate. Uh, the our organic pricing has changed slightly. Um, it hasn't been impacted too greatly yet uh, with the, the recent rains um, I think the that will hopefully exacerbate some of that okay okay great all right Bill and just uh, just sort of turning to the company and its uh, its finances uh, you mentioned earlier you've uh, just raised uh, some uh, some money uh, just over nine million dollars I think uh, for, from some uh, Chinese investors uh, so um, how, how are you placed now financially to uh, achieve your, uh, your your sales uh, targets? Look, we're in a very good position by virtue of that capital raise. Um, the, the money that we raised was really for growing out the business. Um, we've we've acquired all the land that's all been paid for. We've got all our, our equipment and factories set up as we need. So the, the funding that we've, that we've just obtained is really for marketing, for promotion, uh, for building inventory, and for expanding our operation, and, and that's a good place to be. And we've we've really uh, got some good interest in the product, and um, we've got a, a range of products that we want to bring forward and bring into our product portfolio, and that includes the uh, the bio fermented drinks. And so that money that we've raised will go a long way to doing that. It'll see us uh, comfortably funded for the next three years and and beyond. Okay. And do you sort of have a target for breaking even or sort of a revenue target? Can you sort of give a flavour for uh, what, what investors might expect? Um, I noticed you, uh, you, like you turned over, your, your revenue was about 580000 in the uh, December half. Uh, so does that sort of rise in leaps and bounds uh, uh, from now? Yeah, we're expecting a significant growth in our sales by virtue of uh, you know, selling into China and the ramp up into into the US. Um, we obviously have our, our tea tree oil will be starting to sell as well in package form and we'll have the biofermented drinks. So we do expect to see a significant ramp up in our revenue. Uh, in terms of forecasts, we haven't put forecasts out yet because um, we're still working through what the volumes uh, are likely to be for China for the next 12 months. And so until we have that um, from our partner, it, it's a little difficult to put any numbers around that. And we don't want to put any forecasts out on break even just yet until we've got a, a better understanding of what we're going to be needed to, to supply into China. 
and uh, also uh, our growth profile in the US is is exceeding what we had forecast, so we need to recut our numbers for that. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yep, yeah, fair enough. And, and and who do you compete with? Um, I uh, I suspect you're going to tell me it's a it, it's a pretty sort of fragmented market uh, with uh, quite a few other sort of niche uh, honey producers. Look, that's correct. You know, we, we've, we're focused on producing an organic medicinal honey. Uh, there are uh, a variety of honey producers in Australia, and you know, obviously Capilano are the biggest, but their focus is more on table honey. We're focused on uh, a medicinal honey uh, that uh, has its you know, these wonderful attributes. And so this, as far as we're aware, we can't see any other listed honey companies um, doing what we're doing in the organic space. Um, there are smaller producers um, individually, privately, that are uh, selling honey, obviously, uh, into the Australian market and some exporting into other parts. Um, but uh, it, it is a relatively small market and uh, we're a, a, you know, a growing seller in that market. Yeah, and you are the only listed player, aren't you? P- possibly even globally. <laughs> well, I, I can't quite agree with it. Now, there is a, a listed New Zealand uh, company, I believe. Um, oh, okay. But, uh, in, in terms of in Australia, I, I'm not aware of any others. There may be, but I'm not aware of them. Um, you know, Capilano was obviously a, a key uh, listed entity. Uh, it's obviously been bought out. Um, I'm not aware of any others at this stage. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, all right. And um, with, with, with your name, it's uh, perhaps not, not so relevant anymore. Do you, uh, do, do you have pl- plans to, uh, to change your name to... Uh, Something more uh, honey or uh, wellness related? Well, look, we are. Yeah, the, the, the investment's name is no longer relevant at all. Um, you know, we're not an investment company. We're an operating entity. So uh, we do have plans to change that. You know, we have to take uh, any name change to shareholders. So we're looking at possible options for the name change at this stage. And we'll uh, bring that to shareholders to vote on at the appropriate point. But um, we expect to, that'll be this year. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, there's obviously a, a, a lot, a lot happening. You could, uh, you could say there's a, a bit of a buzz about the company. Um, <laughs> Very much. <so>. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but th- thanks for uh, uh, talking today, Bill, and uh, we uh, wish you uh, sweet success. Thank you very much, Tim. I enjoyed the, the conversation. No problem.